This episode of the I Needed That podcast sponsored by BetterHelp. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they asked me about my own mental health journey. They actually asked me, when did I know it was time to talk to somebody? I thought about it for a second and I just said, you know, it was when I realized that it's not that something was wrong, but it was that something was different. The way I saw myself, the way I saw my relationship, the way I was thinking and the way I was acting. And it was just, I, I couldn't find my same groove. And for me, that was, that was the very first time that I just thought, okay, I, I, I need to talk to somebody about this. Chris, I think it's so awesome that you have that kind of awareness and and a lot of people will they'll have that moment of clarity and they'll be like you know it's time to visit with somebody and we just want to let you know that better help the world's largest therapy service uh which by the way is 100 online is a great partner of our i needed that podcast as a matter of fact you can get 10 percent off your first month at better help dot com slash I needed that. And we have a link in our show notes to check that out as well. But man, to anybody else, Chris, who's going to have that moment of clarity this week and decide they want to do something, we would 100% recommend starting their journey at BetterHelp. Get the link to BetterHelp in the show notes right now. Um, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about NeuroMints because they have literally become my thing. And I'm so happy that they're a sponsor of this podcast episode. I'm going to meetings now. Listen to me. Yeah, I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm going to meetings now and I have the NeuroMints and I'll open them up and everybody's like, ooh, can I have one? Ooh. And yeah. and listen, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I can't say that it's the neuro mints legally that have that have caused a, a difference in how things are running but these meetings have been incredible <laughs> that's awesome well i'm i'm a fan of the formula they've done a really good job with mm -hmm. natural caffeine l-theanine b vitamins but um you know it's so funny so i started using them there's a little hack that i do with caffeine because your body starts to adapt to whatever it is that you that you take on a regular basis and so right you know um my caffeine like my, my coffee after a while, it just it's not working like you used to. Then you can switch over to an energy drink. It's not working like you used to. When I switched over to the the neuromints or the neuro gum, it's a different delivery. And so sure enough, I got that that big pop. Like right? I with the coffee. Yes. And so now it's in the rotation. So now as my body adapts to it, I can simply cycle around. And now so I've thrown it in my uh, in my regular caffeine rotation. Man, look at that. Try neurogum.com slash I needed that. Or again, in the show notes, guys, please hit the show notes, hit our link and enjoy a little kiss as you pick up some of their um, either mints or their gum. I know you love cinnamon. You've requested cinnamon gum. It's my jam, dude. It, it takes me back to the big red days. I don't know what it is like, but whenever Amen. I chew it, it like, I don't know, the memories come back from you know, seventh grade, eighth grade. I love it. Uh, finally, before we get to our podcast today, we want to let you guys know that we have a brand new partner that's just come to the table. We love these guys so much because Chris and I have been using their products since way before they ever expressed interest in being on the podcast. And I am in love with the balm. The balm is the bomb. Yes, dude. I'm in love with just, I'm a formula guy. The quality ingredients, nothing's going to top that, but the smell, bro, the smell oh is my so gosh. good. It's like cinnamon, cloves. Oh. The kids love the smell on me also, actually. So it's, it's actually flavored with cinnamon, clove, and ginger. 
And and I've even said to people, I want to eat this stuff. So here, what are we talking about? We're talking about Zens and Antera Organics premium quality CBD products. These products are top notch, top shelf, honestly, man. And I've tried a lot of CBD products, but this is a, a really high quality product. And I'm excited that they want to partner with us so that we can let people know about this CBD. It's awesome. Well, I, I've been using CBD since when it was controversial. Remember, it was like, oh my yeah. gosh, it came from the cannabis plant. But, and of course, for me, it was kind of a sensitive thing. And I wanted to be very delicate about that. But the thing is, all the literature is, it shows how incredibly effective this stuff is. And especially for me in the fitness world, it, it really helps as far as the reduction of inflammation, et cetera. So, wow. and like you said, you, you, you do the, the topical and, and the tincture, I'm all for it because I'm all about the systemic and then the topical as well. So wherever, you know, if I've just got a strained muscle or something like that, I'll just go I'll rub it in there, but I'm, I'm pushing the tinctures. I've been taking CBD for years. And then this is, this is the brand I've landed on just because of gen quality of the ingredients and the smell is just, again, it's so good. Sometimes I'll go to the gym and I'll work out so hard just so I can put the balm on. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's a joke i don't ever work out so hard that's, uh, a joke. that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's funny you can get 20 percent off your first purchase of antera products code i needed that at checkout and again guys we're going to throw all the links in our show notes just to make it so easy for you but please support these partners because they're supporting us and they're allowing us to grow this thing in a really kick butt and meaningful way right absolutely Okay, shall we get to the podcast now? Let's go, dude. Well, good morning, Chris Powell. Good morning, Matthew Blades. How you doing, buddy? I am so good, and I am so eagerly awaiting our conversation today with this doc. I can't even tell you. Yes. How pumped I am for this thing. Well, we had a lot of conversations to have with him because... Not only is he a pulmonary specialist, he's got triple board certified. Triple board certified. I mean, triple. this guy, he's the man. He's also a sneakerhead. He's a dad. This guy, he's like a triple threat. He's, he's got a lot going on. It's going to be awesome. We're yes. also going to get a deep dive today on hydration. You're going to give us some tips about making sure that we don't get dehydrated. And for those of us who live here in the desert, that's especially uh, important. But as it turns out, it might be important for just about everybody, huh? It's warming up <laughs> It's warming up around the well. I was about to say around the world. It's warming up in, in the northern hemisphere right now. And so, yeah, we got to talk hydration because, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to go upside down yeah. from getting dehydrated this year. All right, so we're going to talk about that um as a matter of fact and i don't mean to be this gross up front but this is just the reality of chris's life right now uh, his mother called him yesterday and is trying to convince him that it's time for him to start drinking his own urine we're gonna have that conversation on today's podcast <laughs> and she's serious i know she is she said it's like That's why we're bringing this she up. said it's like flat beer i said mom i'm not buying it i'm sorry <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about it. There's Dude, a story behind it. So good, man. But like you said, uh, first and foremost, we are going to bring on our guest today, Dr. Cedric Jamie Rutland, MD, triple board certified pulmonary critical care and internal medicine physician. He owns the Rutland Medical Group. He's a which is a busy private practice in California. He was on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, considers himself an expert oh, in yes. SARS and post-COVID symptoms. Um, he's getting ready to deliver a huge keynote in Hawaii very soon, where he's going to talk probably about that 
some yeah. other things. Uh, but let's bring him on right now. Dr. Rutland is in the house. Hey, Jamie. Yo. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are things in sunny California? Well, we're currently building a pool in the backyard, so it's a little Ooh. loud in the in the living room over there. Um, <laughs> but things are great. I mean, it's fine. The sun's finally starting to break loose. You guys, in California, it's been nuts with this rain. So yes. it, the last four months has just been rain and rain and rain and rain and rain, and it's something that we're all not used to. So it's just been crazy, but we're happy to see the sun. Well, is the pool going to be done by the time this summer comes? <laughs> it'll be it'll be done hopefully by my birthday, June fifteenth, but more likely July fourth. Okay, I was going to say tack on a couple extra months there. That's that's the way right. the stuff always goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to have a conversation today. I'm really looking forward to getting into this uh, about long COVID. I want to talk about vaping a little bit, e-cigs, cannabis. I want to have that whole conversation. Um, but we really would love to start the podcast with some movement. Of course, this is the guy who created Move One Million. So while you may have never seen this before, it's easy to follow along. And, and trust me, I'm still learning it. So yeah. uh, it's all good. It's been a blast. And it's getting a lot of attraction in schools. We started here in Arizona uh, during the pandemic. Tell Jamie what it is. So Move One Million, it's, um, we're standardizing movement and mindfulness around the world for kids. And it's really gotten some traction in K through six in schools around the world. And, uh, the, it started during the pandemic. Um, and we were, I was thinking about a way to get these kids moving together. Um, obviously, when, when everyone was isolated and all these kids were, were stuck at home. And so we started doing this virtually, built an app around this, and, and created a two-and-a-half-minute routine. It's 13 movements. It's a warm-up from, from top down. And it's very simple. It starts with, like, head rolls, and then we do arm circles. And uh, sure enough, it really started to get some movement here. And then, of course, when they lightened everything up, the kids came back into schools. They started performing this in the schools like all the kids remain standing after the pledge of allegiance and they all do move one million and it started growing and growing and growing and so now we've got just under a hundred thousand people doing this every day and across 71 countries and uh, it's been a blast and so this is how all these kids are starting their day and it's also gotten some traction in like oakwood creative care the foundation for senior living and hospitals around the world and so it's been a lot of fun and i would love it if you would join us today if we could open this up and i could take you through the 13 movements for sure, let's do it. Fantastic. All right, All right okay, let's I'm go. stepping up right now. Here we go. Everybody getting love. Okay, you got your music ready? Music is ready to rock. Yes. Hey, by the way, while we're setting this up, uh, Jamie, did I see that you went to Iowa, California, and Kansas? Yeah, I went to UC Davis for college. I went to University of Iowa for medical school and residency. And then I went to KU Med in Kansas City for fellowship. So my wife graduated uh, Kansas in Lawrence. So she's a Jayhawk. Yep. She's a Jayhawk. So is my sure. wife. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so cool. She's, okay. she's, a, she's a Jayhawk. Yeah, sure. she, she, went to, uh, she went to Kansas, I don't know, kind of late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, she was a Crimson girl, so she was on the dance team uh, with all those basketball players, and she has so many amazing memories about KU. That's so funny. My wife went in the early 2000s as well and was like a, a uh, uh, they called them a Q104 girl. So she was like a radio host girl passing stuff out for the radio station and, yes, hung out with the basketball team and all that kind of stuff. It was crazy. There's some crazy stories there. We'll have to get into it one day privately. All right, this, small is world. this is good. All right, hold on yeah. real quick. I also got to give you props because you've still been hitting the gym, my man. <laughs> I just left it. I, I have a, my whole garage is a gym. So I've got the Peloton, oh, so is Chris's. Peloton bike and 
Oh, I got all the stuff in there. Great minds. It's so yeah. funny because we're, we're sitting there and I can only see you from the neck up. And the moment you stood up, I'm like, all right, that's my guy right there. <laughs> I, I, I can appreciate that. He says that the about dude, me you know, every time too. The, it's crazy because I didn't want any excuses for anybody, right? And so it was like, no, it's right there. Like, you know, so my wife is in it. My kids are in it. It's just like, it. all it is is consistency. You only have to do like 30 minutes a day. You don't have to do it. You do resistance training 30 minutes. You run for 20 minutes not even an hour and you're good. Like you're fine. Dude, dude, I can already gonna... see there's going to be a formal offer made from the Powell media team for you to join <laughs> us here. I can already feel it. I no, say... I mean like, no, just, I mean, just seriously, like it's, it's, it's such a thing. Like I have patience, right? And I told them, I'm like, you guys, this is not a big deal. Like this is so easy to do. That's it. Like you just have to do it. Yeah. Like th- th- that's it. And you yeah. have to get over yourself and you have to do it. That's yep. all it is, right? I love and, it, man. I love it. And having it right there in your garage, man, it's like, boom. Yes, it's right there for you. I love it. Awesome. That's, that's, that is the most used room in my house is the garage. <laughs> I love 100%. it. 100%. Yes. 100%. All right, what are we doing, all right, sir? Guys, we're going to move here. We're going to start off with a head roll, and I'm just going to talk you through this. You'll be, you might be a little bit behind us as we go through it, but we're just going to move our bodies, and it's, a great, it's a, just a great way to open this whole thing up. So let's have some fun okay. with the Move 1 Million. Here we go. We're going to start off with a head roll once the music starts. We're going to go a head roll to the right. Nice little head roll to the right. Followed by a single head roll to the left. All right, here we go. Eyes up. We're going to go arm circles out to a Y, then in to an X. One more time now. Out. There you go. To a Y, in to an X. Now we're going to do something called the hug stretch. My favorite one. There you go. Just like you're about to hit the bench press, right? (laughs) Got to stretch it out like that. Here we go. Now we're going to do something, and we're going to reach for the sky. We're going to go sky, thighs, toes, knees and toes, knees and toes. One more time now. Reach for the sky. Thighs, toes, knees and toes. Now slowly roll it up. All right. There we go. Now we're going to twist up to the right. We twist up to the right, down to the left. Okay. Up to the right, down to the left. We got two more here. Last one, back to center. Now we go up to the left. We go up to the left, down to the right. That's it. And we got two more here. And last one, back to center. Now we just march it out, nice and easy. Swing those arms, drive those knees up high. Nice, you got this. We got four more, here's three. Here's two and one. Now we do these, they're called kickbacks. We send our arms overhead and we kick our foot back toward our butt. There you go, four more. Here's three, two, and one. We do something called a superhero stretch. We bring it down the center. Now we tighten up all the muscles in our upper body. We punch it forward and back. There you go. One more, other side. Now we're gonna take it out to the side. Jamie is crushing this, man. And other side, there you go. Now we take it back, pressing overhead. (laughs) There you go, other side. Now we jog it out, nice fast feet. Jogging it down, there you go. Now we do something called the squat and we reach. Squat and reach. One more each side. Last one into the final movement right here. We call these Phoenix squats here. That's it. We've got three more here. We're almost done. Here's two. And last one. And then we flex it out. Yeah. Nice, man. You smashed it. Jamie, thank you. Good job, dude. That was great. That was great. That's good.
Yeah, what's uh, what's really super cool about that is uh, not only I don't believe I should be winded from that experience, but I am every time. I don't know why. It's the heart rate, man. It's he includes the legs and it increases your heart rate, and that's what gets you winded. You just that bigger muscle. That's just it. That's well, just before it. we jump too far into this thing, one real quick little show note is that um, you and you. Jamie, you guys have something in common. There's a Hawaii connection. I know that you're going to Hawaii to do a keynote here in a couple of weeks. What's your Hawaii connection? So check this out. Doc, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, just got uh, the Department of Education in Hawaii just reached out. And uh, what we just did, Move One Million, they're looking at incorporating that into every school across the entire state. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So I go out in August, and then they're going to be incorporating it into the school year. So now you're heading out in October. So mm-hmm. by October. going to warm them up for you. Yeah, so by October, every school in Hawaii is going to be doing Move One Million, which is super. Maybe I'll start my keynote off with Move One Million. Dude, oh, dude I love it. I love it. <laughs> I tell you what, it's so funny because I actually start all of my speeches off with Move One Million. I make the audience move. And it, I tell oh, you man, what. Oh, man, that's a good idea. You know, you go to like a medical conference or something, and it's just like everyone's been sitting there for hours. sure. They're exhausted. And the moment you get them up and you move them for just a couple minutes, everyone's like, oh, they're smiling. They're fired up. They're ready to go. Doc, use it all you want. I'll I'll send you all the notes. I'll send you the music, whatever. (laughs) You don't have to. Send me me, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I love it, dude. Because what it does, like at those medical conferences, the, the, the best thing that it does is it introduces you to your neighbor. It connects people. Yes. Right, because they're all sitting next to each other in silence, and then once you get up and move, and you start looking, you're like, "Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. What's your name?" Like, it's it's a really connecting thing, and that's that's why I really would. Uh, that's why I think it's gonna work at that conference. I'm definitely gonna do it. It's, it's <laughs> so good. It is yours, my friend. I will. We'll have Odette send you all the information on it. Seriously, use it anytime you want. Well, what's so neat about oh, it, perfect. Jamie, is it started. It's this all is on the heels of something that uh, a man in Japan did back in the 20s. He had noticed that his and you can fill in the, the, the color if you like, but he had noticed that his country just wasn't very healthy. And so he introduced these standardized movements to music that the entire country did in the morning together. And he noticed all of these things improving yeah it was the emperor emperor hirohito he mandated it across the country in all the schools in 1928 and it was three and a half minutes of the same movement done to the same music every day and by 1955 japan was the healthiest country in the world and here we are 95 years later 27 million people still do those three and a half movements every the the three and a half minutes of movement every day and it's changed their lives it was cool it was like i was thinking why don't we do that now so sure enough that's that's where the whole thing came from so anyway it's yours my friend (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're now you're now a move one million ambassador thank you wow look at that. <laughs> i love it no, well, no what's funny is like i always get people up to move right i always get people up to move and they they always ask me like when i because i present like i have to give nine presentations in washington dc next week at this other conference and they always ask me like do you want a chair do you want to sit do you want a podium i was like no i don't want any of that just give me the stage and i'm gonna walk around we're good like, yes fine. I love I'm going to sit and talk. I'm the same <laughs> way when I speak. I'm like, I don't want a podium. I don't want anything. I just, I don't even want to use slides if I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. Yes. Right. That's, that's the point. That's the point. Right? Yes. Yeah. So movement, of course, being a lung specialist, but movement seems to be a huge part of your life. Clearly you're in incredible shape. And before we even started the podcast, you were telling us about your daughter and uh, actually your daughters and, and how they're embracing exercise. Thanks to your your lead, would you tell us a, just a little bit more about that? Yeah, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the word embrace. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
you know, I, I think as the country has become more reliant on pad work, right? iPad, iPod, whatever the hell. Um, my daughters were just spending hours on this iPad, right? With their friends and talking to their friends and all that. And I was like, God, what is going on? When I was growing up, I'm almost 42. When I was growing up, I was playing a hoop outside. I was doing stuff outside because we didn't have that opportunity. Right? We had video games, but we would rather play hoop with our friends and all that. And I was like, okay. Because the graphics sucked. We have to, we have to say. We have the graphics. <laughs> yeah, the graphics were 64 the graphics bit. Were great. Right. But I, I mean, I mean, come on. Super Mario Brothers was a classic. Zelda, I mean, you guys. Greatest of all time. Kong. Thank you. Thank you. Greatest of all time. Yes. But we, I was like, okay, what can I do? I was like, okay, I have a gym in my garage. And I was like, that's it. So I started putting my daughter on the treadmill, my older daughter. She was probably eight and a half at the time. And I was like, all right, just run. I was like, you're running. And she's like, what, dad? I was like, 10 minutes, Peloton, pick your person you like, you're going to run. But dad, I don't care, you're running. And my wife would be like, Jamie, I don't care. She's running. She started running, right? Um, and then she got used to it. And then, so then she started playing soccer and she got better and better. And one of my best friends played football at USC. It's like her agility trainer. Um, and my daughter has really long legs. She was like, dude, your daughter's kind of an athlete. So she started getting into it more with the compliments and the positive feedback. Then she started running. Then her little sister, my eight-year-old now, she wanted to start doing it and start running. And then what happened? Next door neighbor, Valentina, her friend, she came over, started training with them, started running with them. Their father who's a good friend of mine, who's a, a chief designer at Lincoln, he said, oh my gosh, so he's got her working out in the gym. He's got his boys working out in the gym. My other best friend, Devin, played college football at Temple, was a quarterback. He's got two daughters, same exact age as mine. They came over, they started working out. And so now everybody is like working out together and doing this together instead of on the stupid iPad. So like, and it's not like you were completely replaced it. We have it. But the point is my daughters are beginning to understand that movement and exercise is important. If my daughter comes home and she's stressed out, she's crying or something, get on the treadmill. You're running for 20 minutes. Like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, now, how do you feel afterwards, right? All kind of dissipates and goes away. So she's starting to understand the power of these movements, which I think is very, very important, and the power of working hard. So. That's beautiful. Yeah, and, you got to be happy to hear that. Uh, Especially that you've created a culture That's what I of, was thinking. of fitness in your entire community. It's, it's, it's transcended beyond your family. How cool is that? It's just amazing. It, 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 it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I've always been able to gather people together. Like, I, I have noticed that. But being able to see my daughter do the same, like, now what she does on her iPad is she will FaceTime her friend who also has a Peloton tread. And they'll, they'll, she'll put it on the treadmill in some way, shape, or form so they can see each other. And they pick the same class, and they start working out. And you can hear her. And she's yeah. like, come on, Riley. Come on, Riley. You got to go. Let's go. Let's go. That's so cool. You know? That's cool. And it, it's, it's totally – it's really special to watch that. It's really cool. So yeah. I want to ask you, Doc. Um, you're a triple board certified pulmonary critical care and internal medicine physician. What, the, what does that mean to somebody who's not wrapped up in the, in the medical world? Because – I'm gonna be. Sure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna completely just lay myself out there. I didn't even know what a pulmonologist was until about a year ago, 
And then I had a doctor say, you should go to a pulmonologist. And I was like, my feet are fine. I don't think I, <laughs> I, don't think I need anything. Uh, but I didn't even know, and I'm embarrassed to say that out loud to you, but whatever, it's fine. I don't think, you know, some of these things that you don't, you don't know about them until you need to know about them. Um, right. But how did you get interested in uh, pulmonary medicine? Okay, so um, pulmonologist is a lung doctor. A critical care doctor is a doctor who runs the intensive care unit, which is the unit in the hospital where people are dying. They're either moving to the next stage of life or we save their life and they're going to continue living a life in this stage of life. And then internal medicine is kind of all of the internal organs, understanding the physiology and pathophysiology of the kidney, the brain, the heart, the lung, the liver, and understanding what needs to be done to patients. For me, when I was growing up, my grandfather, who was my dad, basically, um, had emphysema. And he always used these inhalers, emphysema's dead lung. My grandmother, who was blind, but wrote over 40 books in her life, and it's Eva Rowe, she um, had a tracheostomy. She had a tracheostomy because um, when she had a, uh, she had a thyroid goiter, and she was Black growing up in the 40s, right? She couldn't get anybody to take it out because she was Black, went to some kind of back alley surgeon. They they took the thyroid goiter, which is a big thyroid gland. They took it out. But when you take it out, you can cut a nerve to the vocal cords called the recurrent laryngeal nerve. And that surgeon probably accidentally cut that, caused her vocal cords to be paralyzed. She couldn't take deep breaths. So she was having my mom and her sister. Um, my mom's a twin. And she couldn't breathe. The doctor put a hole in her neck. And, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I can breathe so much easier now, the tracheostomy, to breathe. And my grandma, after she had the kids, she was like, just leave it. I can breathe. So my grandmother had an uncared for tracheostomy for years. So those are like my first two exposures to pulmonology. And when I was going through medical school, I loved everything. Everything that I did, I was really curious about. Because I wasn't, I wasn't the best student when I, was a, when I was in high school. I mean, I was A's and B's, but I wasn't like straight A's, right? But I knew that all I had to do was study every single day and be consistent. And eventually I would be good at it. Met, uh, pulmonary and critical care was the only field where I didn't have to let go of anything. I still had to know almost everything, right? I still had to know what to do in certain situations for a patient with kidney problems, with heart problems, with bone problems, whatever, right? And I got to handle the emergencies. So I not only had to handle the big stuff, putting tubes in people, down people's throats, looking in their lungs, all that kind of thing. But I also had to handle if their heart stopped, right? If they're, and I also had to understand, well, is that a cancer? What is that in the chest actually? What is that in the chest CT? So it just allowed my ADHD <laughs> to the appropriate diversity that it needed uh, to keep attention. I guess. Wow. Fantastic. I'm, and I'm, and I'm not surprised at all. And I'm sure you're not either, Chris, that there is a very personal connection to what he does for a that's living. That's all. That's exactly what I was just thinking is that there's because of the history and like the two people that were your, really your parents, mm -hmm. your grandma and mm -hmm. your grandpa, they both suffered. And I'm sure deep down inside is like a little kid who's trying to at least improve the quality of their life. Think what if I can make it better for them? So my, here's a uh, quick story. I was a first year uh, medical student. My grandfather got to see me get into medical school. I'll tell you another story later. My grandfather got to see me get into medical school. My first year, my aunt calls me and says, hey, granddad's going to the hospital. Um, I say, hey, granddad, you know, I love you, whatever. Um, 
oh my God, I can't believe I still cry about this. But um, he dies. He ends up dying, right? Um, because they can't get him off the ventilator because of his emphysema. So he withdraws care and he dies. So in the ICU, I'm constantly chasing this bedside that I'm never going to catch. And so that's what like drives me to read, drives me to study, drives me to like be. Wow. Oh man. I'm sorry to hear that, but you know, it's, it is, it is, everybody goes through these tough uh, moments in their life and, and really at the end of the day, you get to, you have to decide for yourself, you're going to take this thing and and run with it and make something of it. Or are you going to, is it going to be the thing that, that just completely kind of cripples you your entire life and you can never get, you know, around it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, though, like you're, you are living, there's no better way to honor your grandfather than to live the life that he's wanted for you. And so, yeah. and the fact that he actually got to see you graduate, how cool is that? How come this is making then, you emotional? I, I, I just, I, as Jamie's telling the story, I'm just like, man, I, I can feel that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm happy for you that the fact like what, what a, what a great gift for your grandfather that you were able to give him to, to, to see you graduate. What did he, if you don't mind my asking, what did he, he saw me? across the he never saw me graduate from med school he saw me graduate from college and get into medical school and start wow okay that's so cool though because when i was 10 years old i wrote down um in sister ann's class i went to catholic school my whole life in sister ann's class i wrote down either get a scholarship to north carolina or georgetown and play basketball or <laughs> and then go to the nba or, or go to medical school and become a doctor and i put that on his refrigerator and that lived on his refrigerator forever and so when I got in, I actually felt like his work was done. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. That's awesome, man. Do yeah. you were vision boarding before vision boarding was a thing? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. All right, let's talk it's about... It's so funny, the power of writing things down. It is oh, incredible, man. Amen. Oh, very true. We talk very about true. it all the time. Yep. We had two topics that we wanted to bring up with you today. One was this idea of long COVID, which is something we're starting to talk a little bit more and understand more about. And the other one is the idea surrounding vaping. Uh, because it is a relatively new thing and you know, folks are, are choosing this for a, a bunch of different reasons. I, I defer to you, Jamie. Which, which one would you like to start with? I mean, we could start with COVID if you want to start with COVID. Yeah. Let, let's do that because Matthew, he's got a very personal story about long COVID. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and... For sure. So I did. Okay. I got... Yeah. The Part of the reason that this has been interesting for me uh, to, again, learn about pulmonology was because I got COVID about 10 or 11 months ago, mm-hmm. something like that. And it, it mm-hmm. was, I was just one of those people that it really throttled. I had, you know, I had vaccinations and the whole nine yards, but it just, it really throttled me. And so for like 10, 10 or 11 days, I was in a pretty tough spot. And then what's been interesting about that was I've had a really difficult time getting back to healthy since then. Um, I, I seem to get sick more, little things that used to kind of not bug me, kind of, kind of bother my body now. Um, I have this brain fog and this fatigue that sort of I can't seem to shake. And you're shaking your head yes to all of these things. And so, yeah, it is kind of personal because it pisses me off that, like, I can't get myself back to ground zero. And I'm just wondering. What have wondering, they done for you? Well. What has your doctor done for you? That's probably... Nothing. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Not I mean, not literally when I went to see my doc, he was like, it's long COVID. You're just going to, we don't know enough about it. You're going to have to kind of deal with it. I know you're shaking your head again. So, so what, what should he do? I know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> SARS-CoV-2, right. Um, is a respiratory virus, which you guys know about. And so what ended up happening with SARS-CoV-2 
is there's this protein called the spike protein. There's four structural proteins on SARS-CoV-2, nucleic acid, spike, membranous, and I'm forgetting the other one at the time, at the moment. But spike protein binds to our epithelial cells. And that binding is so strong that the immune system, which is the cells that fight infection, gets overactivated, okay? So everybody in the world thinks that disease is caused by organisms, right? This virus or that bacteria or that fungus or whatever. It's not. Disease is, um, is uh, caused by your immune system's response to that organism or to the environment. So when your immune system becomes overactive and your white blood cells, which are in your body floating around there to protect you, become overactive, at times you have to tell them to shut up, right? Now I'm biased, right? Because I'm an immunology, autoimmune disease, lung doctor. That's what I do every single day of my life. It's all autoimmune lung disease. So I think about autoimmunity. So like if you, when you go outside and you take a deep breath and you, you snatch the environment around you and you introduce it to the inside of your body, what's happening? Well, all of the dust, all of the particles, all the bacteria, all the fungus that's in the air is being introduced into your body. Your airway epithelial cells, if you have this genetic predisposition, may respond to that and they may over respond and secrete these molecules that leads to recruitment of the immune system in the lung, which causes cough, shortness of breath, mucus production, all that crap that caused our symptoms, right? With SARS-CoV-2, what we noticed was that inflammatory pattern was taking place for such a long time. You would get CT scans of individuals and you would see inflammation, right? You might get an MRI of an individual and see inflammation. You might get a cardiac MRI and see inflammation. So what we notice is we know it's this persistent inflammation, this persistent recruitment of white blood cells. So I'm an autoimmune disease doctor. So long COVID is no different than any other autoimmune disease. So I treat people with the same medicines that I use to treat autoimmune disease. Now all the studies are starting to come out and every medicine that they talk about to treat long COVID, COVID tells the immune system to shut up in some way, shape or form, right? So this is what I do on a daily basis is listen to the patient. I listen to their symptoms. I might get some objective data, try to identify where most of this inflammation is being taken place. And then I select a therapy based on that. And some of these therapies are off-label because we don't have the studies to support their use yet, but it's all effing common sense. So for somebody like you that well, tells me I know. that I had, I had long COVID and my physician's not doing a damn thing, that really pisses me off. Because it's really, really simple to do something. And it's really, really simple to do the first thing. The first thing that I would ever do for anybody that presents with this overactive inflammatory response is I'd give them a little bit of oral prednisone. A little bit of oral prednisone, calm down the inflammatory response. Let me see how they respond to that. If they respond to that, then I see which symptoms responded. Was it their lung symptoms? Okay, then maybe I need to give them some inhaled corticosteroid because now they're behaving more like an asthmatic. Do they have brain fog? Brain fog's very, very tough to treat. That one's a little bit different. I really have to use specialized medications for that, um, for the brain fogginess. Because again, it's that persistent inflammatory cell. What we've learned is there's a certain type of white blood cell called the monocyte, CD14, CD16 positive monocyte 
It's a very, it's a very, very specific type of white blood cell that tends to hang around. And based on the way that it looks, we use medicines that inhibit some of the receptors of that cell to try to get that cell to go away. Um, so brain fog, again, it's just a little bit tough to treat. But for you, like your plan would be first to use prednisone, then maybe some local therapies. And then perhaps I would try some other PO therapies to calm down this inflammatory response to see how you feel moving forward. But to look at a patient and say, it's long COVID, sorry, is just so sad. I just don't think that's the right way to do this. And if somebody needs to find somebody, you got to refer them to somebody. Like there comes a point sometimes where after I've tried a lot of stuff and patients aren't all the way better, um, I'll say, listen, like we have exhausted all the efforts. We've tried everything. And I'll even have some patients, why don't you go do some research and we'll work together and see if we can find something. Some patients are going to be, hey, have you tried this? I'm like, oh, I haven't tried that. And then I'll look at the mechanism. That makes sense. Let's try it. Right. Because again, you're learning new things. You just want to make sure that your mind stays open to trying new things. So, you know, it's, it's hard for physicians that don't think from an autoimmune standpoint every single day. Um, but for people like me, you know, we can kind of apply what we know from our respective specialties and apply it to long COVID. The other thing that I would do with you is I would check to see if you have a condition called common variable immune deficiency. And I would check your immunoglobulins. There are five immunoglobulins. These are antibodies that float around in your bloodstream, right? Antibodies, typically we draw them shaped like a Y, IgA, IgM, IgE, IgG, and IgD. The way that we find common variable immune deficiency is it's people who get a lot of infections, respiratory infections, doesn't matter. And they just can't quite get over things quickly. What I noticed during the pandemic was there was a crap ton of individuals who had common variable immune deficiency. And all I would do was treat them for it. I would give them IVIG, which is an antibody in their bloodstream to help their body get over that hump. So I would check immunoglobulins in you to see if your IgG level was low. If your IgG level is low, then I would give you a vaccine, see if you responded to the vaccine. And if you didn't, it really proves you have CVID. And I would give you IgG either every two weeks subcutaneously or every month from an IV standpoint. I mean, those are the things that I would do just kind of off the top of my head. Holy smokes. I'm blown away right now. That was the best explanation of COVID that I've ever heard in my life. I actually understand it for the first time in three years. Thank you. And I'm not just saying that. Wow. No problem. Okay. Really Dude, easy. that was amazing. Yeah, thank you. I, cause I, I'm, and listen, we wanted to bring this up because we know so many other people are dealing with the exact same thing. Like, I, I can't tell, and you too, right? How many people have you talked to in the last couple of years? Like, man, I got this brain fog. I can't. Well, and you, this is why you're winded after we do move 1 million. You still don't catch your breath. And you've been complaining about it ever since. That's interesting. So really? Like, yeah. That's why he's winded. Dude, like, you, need to, you need to email me when we get off this podcast, and we need to do some talking. Okay. Okay. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you, you're completely naive and you haven't done any of the stuff that I would do first. And that's what frustrates me the most right. is you've been dealing with this for 10 months. Gosh, but how many people are in my shoes every day of their life, right? Yeah. They go and they, 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 they see the doc and the doc's like, sorry. And then in their own head, they're like, well, I guess that's the end. I guess I just have to deal with this. It's not just long yeah. COVID. Right. This happens in asthma. This happens in heart failure. This happens in so many different diseases. Right. And it's something that I used to get frustrated, but then I understood you're just good at communicating disease pathophysiology and you understand it. 
you just got to put yourself in a position to teach it to other yes. healthcare providers. And so that's what I did. Wow. Well, thank you. You know, I, no doubt this is why you've also gotten really popular on social media also because you're so good at explaining things. And, you're, and here's the thing. You can't help your passion for the stuff. It, it literally, it shines through. I'm sorry, but like you are where you need to be in this world right now. 100%. There's no doubt about that. And, and that's, that is sharing and teaching and inspiring everybody, you know, for their health. Like this is, you're, you're incredible. Can we talk vaping? You guys want to talk vaping? Okay. Well, we, we do. We just, you know, we, because it, it is such a thing. We see it everywhere. We were just talking about, uh, he was pulled up to some car the other, the other day and he thought that they were sucking on a lunchbox. <laughs> And it was just one of those big ass e e cigarette contraptions that people have, and uh, and I wanted to hit this from a couple of different areas. Okay, there is the e cigarette vaping with all of the regular tobacco products, the flavored stuff, all that crap that's out there. There's also the vaping now with cannabis, and people choosing to vape cannabis uh, over smoking flour or doing some of the more the other ways that people would consume uh, cannabis via edibles, something like that. And so, yeah, I do. I, I want to have this conversation surrounding it. I mean, I don't think there's anybody on planet Earth that's going to tell you vaping's good for you. So I don't think that's we need to start there. But how bad is it for us? <laughs> oh, God. Here we go, Chris. <laughs> so, okay. So there's lots of issues around vaping in general. First of all, we have to understand that the lung is pipes that lead to balloons stacked on top of one another. That's all the lung is. And these pipes are lined with cells, okay? Now, the balloons have blood vessels running through them called the capillaries. So your lung is really good at delivering substances that you smoke into your bloodstream that have an effect on your body, right? That's why people like to smoke, whether it's nicotine, whether it's a flavor, whether it's uh, cannabis, right? There's cannabis smokers who are treating themselves for medical conditions, um, whether the medical condition is anxiety, whether the medical condition is inflammation. There's those people. And then there's people that just smoke weed just to get high that like the THC. And then there's the vapors that are um, smoking the traditional tobacco vapes to be cool, right? Because there's nothing, there's nothing therapeutic about nicotine. But that's how I separate them. Now, when you vape a product, when you smoke a product, anything, it irritates the airway epithelial cells. So the airway epithelial cells are irritated and they start to secrete molecules that lead to inflammation in the lung. I don't give a shit. I don't care what anybody says, right? So all of these individuals who will fight me on vaping say, oh, there's never been a study published that says that it's going to kill people or whatever, whatever. There have been studies that show that people who vape have more um, have a higher number of bacteria that colonizes their airway. They have more airway inflammation. They just do, okay? And that's not surprising and whatever, right? Now, if somebody vapes, takes two puffs a day or somebody that takes like, you know, one puff a week, like, I'm not talking to you. Like, I'm not screaming at you. I'm not gonna get like, whatever. Like, I understand, like, okay, I get it, you know? Just like I'm not gonna kill somebody who takes a sip of alcohol, whatever. But when you continue to pound your lung with these products, because the thing about vaping is, depending on how hard you inhale, that can change the chemical composition of what you're inhaling because it changes the power of the battery, it changes the power of what's heating the liquid. And so you get these different molecules that end up 
with the ability to diffuse across your membrane to get into your bloodstream and wreak havoc on your body, cause heart disease, cause all kinds of things that we don't know about, right? There was even a paper published um, that showed that vaping alters the genetics of your cell. Well, what else, what else leads to altering of the genetics of your cell? Oh my God, it's cancer. So like, I'm not saying that vaping causes cancer, but I'm saying that I'm smart enough to understand that genetic alteration is an issue, right? I'll also say, people have a good argument. They'll say, well, what about air pollution? I'm like, well, air pollution does the same thing. So if you're in Long Beach, California, and you're breathing in that air, yeah, you're more likely to have asthma. Yeah, you're more likely to have cancers and things like, yes, that's true, right? right? But you want to control what you can. And vaping is something you can control. What I do with it, vapors, like I just said, is I separate them. So cannabis vapors, I treat a little bit differently. Now, there's all kinds of contraptions for cannabis, and they're all terrible. Um, all the black market ones are terrible, and they cause a lot of um, inflammation. And some of them even explode when you inhale them. Like, that's bad. But for cannabis people, what I try to do is I try to switch them. Because the white blood cell, the endocannabinoid system, is a system in your body, right? There are CBD receptors. There are cannabinoids, right? And we have natural cannabinoids in our body. What do they do? Well, the most abundant presence of this receptor is actually in your brain and on your white blood cells. So what cannabis actually does, the cannabinoids, calm down the immune system. They tell the immune system to relax. So a lot of these individuals have pain, right? There's a lot of patients that have rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease of the joints um, that have a lot of pain that smoke marijuana. But all I'm trying to do is get them to transition to eating it, right? Uh, yes. uh, I don't smoke. I've never smoked. I don't eat it. I don't eat it. I don't do drugs because my dad does drugs, still does, right? I, I don't. I just don't mess with that. That is not my thing. And I have a thing about people doing drugs and I get really judgy when people are around me doing drugs because I just don't like it. Um, I have to learn how to handle that a little bit better. But <laughs> Or don't, um, <laughs> or don't. You don't have to change a damn thing, man. You're fine. Right, right. But I do understand at least the benefits of the endocannabinoids. Right? I do understand that. And so for those individuals, it's a different kind of conversation. Right. And people always, you know, so I, I really will transition them and have them eat it. I'm not going to scream and yell at them for eating it because I do understand the physiologic benefit of it. So vaping is bad. I got all these right. teenagers vaping. They, you know, they, uh, it's crazy the rates at which they're going up. But if I had the numbers in front of me, um, I would tell you, but I, I don't have them in front of me, but it keeps going up every single year. Um, and that's my worry is that worry is that they, they think it's cool. And I got kids, right? My kid's 10, about to be 11 years old. And so, I got to worry about her. Like, I don't think she's ever going to pick up a vape. I don't think she's ever going to pick up a drug because she's trying to, you know, my, my oldest kid at least is a daddy's little girl, but my eight year old, she can do anything. <laughs> I'm worried about her a lot. Huh? Yeah. I, I got a question for you. So is that, you, you said, so like, um, obviously the, the, um, the cannabis it attaches to the cannabinoid receptors and it tells the immune system to calm down is obviously there's all the hype between around CBD. So mm -hmm. th is that obviously that's, that's where CBD, they always say it reduces inflammation. So that's why, is it because it attaches to the white blood cells and calms it them binds down? To the white, exactly. That's what it does. Ah. THC is the one that gets you high. Right. So that's the one that really binds in the brain. Got it. Right. So that's the one that really gets, that gives you that euphoria. But the CBD is the one that calms down the inflammatory 
response. It's the one that treats anxiety. So yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, and you also mentioned kids. I mean, he's got he's got two teenage boys. I've got my mine are eleven and nines, but they're gonna be teenagers before you know it. And it's like my my eleven year old is gonna go to middle school next year. And I'm like, and I've already heard. I mean, it's it's public school, and he's gonna be introduced to all this stuff. So I'm trying to get ahead of the conversation right now. Because I mean, you know especially what it is. If, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, I think what, with the 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 one piece of the conversation that we continually miss is something you just said a few minutes ago, Jamie, which is like you don't do drugs because your dad did drugs. So when I'm talking to my teenage boys about alcohol, about vaping, the messaging that they're getting from me is, "Hey, addiction runs in our family. Hey, mm-hmm. this could cause harm to you." Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not just. Don't do drugs because you, you're, you're a kid and you're not supposed to. Like, who cares? What kid ever listened to that? But I will tell you that my, my, both my boys are very, very, very keyed into that fact that alcohol addiction runs in our family in a major way. Their own father is, uh, was an alcoholic. And if they aren't careful, it could happen to them too. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what my mom told me. Yeah, yeah. exactly what my mom told me. All right. So we talked about all this uh, about how to damage your lungs. Yeah. Doc, how do we heal our lungs? (laughs) That is such an interesting question. So lung is damaged. That is, it's scarred or a piece of it dies. You can't go back. Like that's right. Um, Here's the thing, though. Inflammation of your lung leads to the damage right so the inflammation starts then you start to lay down scar then that part of the lung may die Mm. right so what you want to focus on for individuals that have cellular infiltration of their pipes um, is you want to focus on calming down the inflammation right that's the key so the key is to be able to diagnose whatever you think the disease is and to be able to address and calm down that inflammation because that's what's going to lead to lung damage. The other thing about the lung is the lungs are so good at what they do that when your lung is damaged, it can be damaged for 20, 30 years, and you're not going to feel it, right? You don't feel it until you're 50. So like smokers, smokers will smoke every day of their life for 30, 40 years, and they won't feel it until they're 60 or 70 years old because they've damaged so much of their lung, right? So the way smoking works is if you look outside during a fire, where does smoke go? smoke travels up, right? So when you smoke a cigarette, same thing happens. It damages the upper part of your lungs first. But most of the gas exchange, most of the blood flow, just based on gravity is where? The bottom part of your lung, right? So you don't feel it because you're, the bottom part of your lung is doing its thing. And the person who's smoking probably isn't exercising either. So they don't need to recruit more lung, Mm. right? Because they don't need to recruit more lung to do the to do their exercise, they're just not feeling it, right? That's why smokers they may feel it when they're walking the grocery store or when they're running, uh, running around the neighborhood. If they decide to go for a run with their kids, that's probably when they feel it most because they're recruiting more lung. So that lung, those blood vessels travel up to get to more lung, but that lung doesn't work. Wow. So they're like, I can't help you, right. right? So that's really the issue. The issue that the, the issue is like keeps your lungs as healthy as possible period so end of story keep exercise. the blood flow going yeah because your blood flow is delivering nutrition if you're not getting blood flow you're not getting nutrition the top part of your lungs don't really get that blood flow unless you recruit them to right. and the way to recruit them to is by exercise 
So exercise, doing your 13 movements, right? Doing those movements recruits more lung, which is good, right? And so the question always is, well, how long and blah, blah, blah. 20 minutes a day is more than enough, like of cardiovascular exercise where your heart rate's like what, 70, 80% of your max. Like that's where you, that's where you want to be, okay. right? That's what I tell people. Like, I'm just like, listen, you're going to prevent all these diseases in the future. Like this is where you want to be. You got to eat right. You can't eat like crap, which is how most people in this country eat. What I really love about going to Europe is when you go to Europe, like I was in, I was teaching in Spain a couple weeks ago in France and Germany. And when you go to Europe, over there they go to the grocery store buy the fresh food eat that fresh food cook it that's what they're eating even their restaurants are more fresh right, right? there's not a mcdonald's or a burger king or a wendy's or a chick-fil-a or whatever on every corner there's just not so eating the fresh food and eating things from the produce section those vitamins and minerals are so important to your lung and so important to your body right because what do they do they calm down the inflammatory response that's what yeah. they do and that's what damages the body is that inflammatory response. And anyway, and the food that people eat activates the inflammatory response. Right. Right. The interleukin six gets upregulated. Capsaicin activates the in- inflammatory response. Like milk activates the inflammatory response. Dairy, dairy does. But all of those things. So anyway. I, I hear a common denominator. Get your inflammation down. Um, this is what I was just going to say. We've used the word inflammation more than any other word in this uh, this 40-minute discussion wow. now. Inflammation seems to be the biggest culprit in the world. Yeah. You just want it to be efficient. So, like, you remember during the pandemic, during COVID, people were like, oh, people who were dying had low vitamin D levels, right? So you, you probably heard this. So eat your vi- or take your vitamin D or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Go out and get some stuff. This is what's interesting. This is really cool, actually. There's a vitamin D receptor on the white blood cells. So what does it do? So when vitamin D binds to the white blood cells, it allows the white blood cell, the cell that's causing inflammation, to be efficient. Goes in there, does its work, bounces, leaves, gone, right? When you don't have the vitamin D around, the white blood cell will go in there and just stick. Stick, 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 stick. That's inflammation. Mm. So it's not to say that vitamin D is therapeutic. It's just to say that vitamin D is necessary to allow your immune system to function as efficiently as it possibly can. Do its thing, bounce. Got it. That's something. The whole thing, it all comes back down to reducing inflammation, giving your body all the tools that it needs to get it down. Yeah. Yeah. Man, no disrespect to everybody that we've had on the show so far, but you have been an incredible guest. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we have just learned so much from you, and uh, I really feel so lucky. I feel like it's almost one of these godlike moments where somebody comes into your life at the right time in the right place, and they say the things that you need to hear, and I really just, I have a lot of gratitude for you and and this this conversation we've had today. Thank you really a lot, Jamie. Jamie? Thank you for the compliment. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate yeah. what you guys are doing. I think it's, it's tremendously important. Man. Well, that's why the, the, the podcast is called I Needed That. I needed so for that. all those folks out there that have been suffering with the same thing, guys, you need this. And I, I hope you've taken everything that, that Dr. Jamie has been talking about. And guys, like, start moving a little bit. 10, 20 15 minutes a, minutes a day. Yeah, up to 20, even better. Get your inflammation down. And obviously, if, if you're still suffering from long COVID, go talk to your doctor. I also heard about eat more that. cannabis. I heard that in the message today, too. I heard- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
I'm sorry, Jamie. Look, here's, here's what I would say for those suffering from long COVID. If you're <laughs> suffering from long COVID, find a physician that's going to pay attention to your inflammatory response and your immune system. Okay. Whether they're going to identify if your immune system isn't working very well, like common variable immune deficiency, or whether it's working too well and it's overactive and they need to calm it down. I, I think that's the most important thing. There is help for individuals with long COVID. There are therapies that we use. There are clinics that we have. So just find us and we will help you. If your physician says, sorry, it's just long COVID, that's not the right physician for you. For right? sure. Yeah, for sure. Good. Powerful advice right there. Thank you. All right. Anything else from you? If not, I want to play name that tune. Let's go. I was right. Are the you same good with thing. music? Are you good with music? It depends what kind of music. Okay. <laughs> pop, All right. Pop. We, we, we generally stay in a pop lane just so that, you know, okay. people can, uh, well, okay. So the idea is. We're each going to play you a song, and we're, we're hoping that you can identify what song it is. And you're only going to get okay. that opening chord. You're only going to get the opening Ooh. few seconds. Okay. Are you Let's ready? See. Are you ready? I'm do you, ready. Do you have a song ready? I got a song ready. Okay. So, and by the way, most of these songs, they're like hit songs from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Okay. So, okay, you guys ready? Only the beginning, Chris. You this, always play the whole thing, I, and then you make it so easy. I love this song. This, this one takes me back to mid-2000s. Lots of memories, crazy times. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Stop it. He knows it already. Stop it. He knows it. You do? I can't remember who sings it. <laughs> yes. Yes. You, you know the song, though. <laughs> what is that song? It's 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 Paper Planes by MIA. Oh yes. 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 All I want to do is Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Yes. All right, all right. Here comes mine. Let's see if uh, Jamie can go 2 for 2. I know the song. I just don't know who sings it. Okay, I'll, I'll, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll start off. It's Kesha. It's Kesha. Yeah. I love it. Kesha and Pitbull. And it's, it's a song Timber. Is it Timber? Yeah. It's called Timber. Yeah. I've seen Pitbull in concert. Yes. He is one of my favorites. It is, like is unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> really? I, it's the first concert I've ever been to in my entire life where literally, I'm not joking, the whole concert, I was like, <laughs> that's so much energy oh that's awesome yeah he's, okay yeah, he's yeah. a world-class uh he's a world-class entertainer for sure i'll put it on my bucket list for me and the kiddos to go see pitbull i've also i mean he's a philanthropist the guy is just uh, he's he's done so much for so many he's an interesting guy yeah yeah well so that's is awesome. he so is this guy on the screen dr dr cedric jamie rutland md thank you so much man for being on the i needed that thank podcast you. thank you thank you no anytime Anytime. And good luck with your keynote in Hawaii. You're going to kill it. You're just going to be yourself, and they're going to love you so much. I hope so. We'll see. Oh, they will. <laughs> Not everybody loves you, so that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Yep. That they, is. they don't want perfect. They just want Jamie. That's yeah, it. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, listen, we'll let you go and get uh, about your day. Good luck with your pool and your summer and your shoes and all the great things. Thanks, man. And if you need anything, just send me an email. I got you. I will. I will. I'll and reach I'm, out. I'm going to send you all the Move One Million stuff as well. You'll have it. Oh, that'd be great. Open Thank up any so speech much. you want with it. They, people love <laughs> it. Oh, by the way, I'm going to give you a little hint. At the very end, when, when the whole thing comes, like when, the, when it finally like, plays the final note, I always challenge all the kids to like hit their own pose. So after the hero's pose, like after we like, you know, flex it off of the biceps, and then it, it, like the, the music reaches like this final note. 
I always say, guys, at the very end, hit your own pose, whatever it is. So you can dab, you can, you can do floss, you can do any kind of – kids will do backflips. And so it's funny because especially when you make doctors hit their own pose, like some of them you can cross your arms, you can blow a kiss or whatever. It's the funniest thing because and everyone starts laughing like crazy, but it's a, it's a real icebreaker. So have some fun with that one. Definitely. Thank awesome. you so much, you guys. All right, Thanks, buddy. Doc. Have a great day. See Enjoy it. All right, we'll see you next All right, time. Care. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. That's it. What an incredible conversation that Man, was. Man, he was Man, great. alive. Yes. That was, that was really good. Holy, I feel so satisfied right now. Yes. That's the feeling I have. Yeah. Man, you got some marching orders, too. On I how, needed how to get that. Those, how to get those lungs back. Well, I hope that a lot of people got marching orders. Yes. Honestly, I mean, not just me. I hope that a lot of people heard what he had to say and were like, whoa. Let's try to do something totally different. Yeah. Let's get that inflammation down. All right. Let's talk about your mom and her pee. Um, <laughs> we, we've got a deep dive uh, still to come on the I Needed That podcast. Uh, first up, how does this even happen with your mom? How does this conversation begin? So my mom starts telling me about the therapeutic effects of human urine. Right. And, and the, at first she starts telling me, she's like, Chris, you don't understand that you, like you, um, uh, the, all the rage about stem cells. It starts off with, st- with stem cells. Okay. And she's like, you know that human urine has stem cells in it. <laughs> and, I, and, and immediately, like, my mom is always, she's always kind of forward thinking. She's a little out there sometimes. That's, I, that's I, okay. I, I love it her. Works. She's, oh, she's awesome. So sure enough, I'm like, yeah, uh, whatever, mom. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know where she's getting this information from. So I start looking it up. I'll be damned. The human urine actually does have stem cells <laughs> in it, believe it or not. And so, so she's like, hey, I'm not telling you to just go ahead and piss in a cup and drink it, but just a little bit at a time. I just, I just want to plant the seed to start thinking about it. She's like, it's extremely therapeutic and beneficial for whatever's ailing you. And she's like, you know that if people are lost in the woods, that's how they can survive. If they're stuck you know, on a raft at sea. I've that's watched how they- Bear Grylls drink his own urine before. <laughs> right. I have. And I'm thinking, and it doesn't look very good. He doesn't no, make it look very appealing. No. I, I, I can't imagine. But she's like, no, you got to understand. It's, it's kind of like drinking a warm, flat beer. And I was like, that oh. sounds, it sounds terrible. I don't, drink it, I don't drink it in the first place. I won't drink a cold, fizzy beer. <laughs> so My problem flat. is that I think about these things too, like, logistically. And, and all I'm imagining is, like, take, take your water reservoir. <laughs> I'm like, what is it? Wait, wait. Dude, yes. Is this what we're doing? We, we, we've, I've been there. I've, I don't, Are you peeing? Tell me. How, you've been there like, on a road trip. You've done that, right? For sure. Of course. But then the only thing is you don't pour it out the window when you're done. <laughs> you do exactly what you just did. No thanks. I'm good right now. However, however. Is there other ways I'm, for me to get stem cells than them drinking my... Here's the thing. If there's a way that, I mean, like maybe, I don't know, if there's, if there's some kind of literature that actually shows that ingesting those stem cells can actually help with the regenerative process. I'm still process, not doing it. I don't care. I'm going to say it's on the, it's still on the table for me. It is. I'm not taking it off the table. I'm, I'm going to, I'm oh, going to jump on board okay. with my mom because I don't know. Here's the craziest thing. My mom, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, she has, I mean, I'm telling you, she seems a a little bit off like forward thinking forward but, I, I would describe it that that's way that's exactly where i'm going with this she's forward thinking let me tell you she had me meditating when i was 10 
doing breathing exercises. She was the one who told me all about cold exposure. And cold. we're talking 30-something years ago. And I'm like, Mom, stop with all this new-agey stuff. Right. And sure enough, guess what we're all doing nowadays? Cold plunges and breathing. Yeah, and meditation and everything. I mean, like, I'm telling you. It's funny. I, 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 I have, I am notorious. I am, I feel terrible because I've not given her the credit that she deserves for all this stuff. She's so far ahead of her time. But, and, and I always just kind of, yeah, I, you're I giving always, her credit right now. I disregarded it because she was my mom. She's a brilliant woman. She really is. Yeah. Well, Hi, listen, mom. just do me a favor. Promise me <laughs> that the first time you drink pee, it'll be on this podcast. Okay. Deal. <laughs> Right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have two Please? cups. We're gonna have two cups with an uh, of of uh, some sort of flavored water. You won't know which one will have urine in it, and which one will not. <laughs> we, we can do one of these is Sprite. Kiss <laughs> <laughs> right. my but, ass. But, I am out. But the next day, one of us will be completely healed of all of our ailments. You want to heal your lungs? Drink some piss. <laughs> Get your inflammation down. Freaking out, send, man. Send some stem cells back I'm there. I'm freaking out. You mm. know there's people, there's literally, and I don't mean to make this a super gross podcast, but there is literally people that are shooting other people's poop up their own, yes. up their butts so that they can get good gut bacteria. Yeah. That is a real thing. Yeah. It's a fecal transplant. And they're, here's the thing, though. It's working. I know. It's working for some people to replenish that gut microbiome. Isn't that wild? I, I just want to know who is the, who is the, the first guinea pig was like, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> Go ahead. And <laughs> hey, buddy, you know what we should do? We should take your poop and we should put it in somebody else's butt. What? And who would volunteer as tribute for that? <laughs> Not me. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm out. Good. I think I'm out I'm, too. I need a little extra. Oh my god! Amazing, good. amazing podcast today, and we are not <laughs> done yet. Uh, we want to make sure that we leave you every single week with all of the stuff that's in this man's brain. Uh, and so, Chris Powell on the I needed that podcast. Our deep dive for today is about what we're talking hydration today. All right. So nothing too nothing too serious, but actually, well, actually something very serious because if you don't have enough water then your body's going to be in some big trouble keep in mind our body just to be clear we're not talking about hydrating with your own pee no no got it but believe it or not it would certainly count it would count towards your fluids for the day the body is 60 to 65 percent water okay it accounts for the majority of our metabolic processes in the day from i mean from turning over our cells but at the same time it also it's like it aids in mental clarity energy focus it curbs your hunger and cravings. A lot of times the mechanism for thirst in our brain is so weak, we often confuse it for hunger. Okay. Um, and so being properly hydrated is so necessary. And now that it's warming up, we don't realize it when we are sweating. We're losing more fluids when it's warmer outside, period. We're losing more fluids. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's a, so super important that we're going to replenish those fluids. Now, according to the, the Harvard School of Health, they recommend approximately three liters a day for men, about two liters a day for I'm women. I'm sorry, I'm in America, what? So just almost think about it in quarts, about three quarts, a little bit more than three quarts, okay. all right? <laughs> Fair enough, by the way. He's giving you a hard time. About two quarts for men. And remember, that's to be minimally hydrated. And so, the, and this is just, this is a little rule of thumb. And, but the thing is, there's no one size fits all. We're all a little bit different. If we're in a dry, arid environment, like here in Arizona, we need more. So that's just, this is a general sweeping rule Got here. It. Or if you live up at altitude, you need more because we don't realize it, but we're expending more 
um, more fluid throughout the day. Uh, another rule of thumb that a lot of people like to follow is half your body weight in ounces every day. So, mm. you know, say, say you weigh 200 pounds, aim for about a hundred ounces of water. Um, and just, just for record and just for, to, um, for reference, a gallon is 128 ounces. So, you know, guys, you can get about aim for about, you know, hundred, hundred ounces or so a day. Women, you could aim for about 70 to 80 again to be minimally hydrated. When it comes to most people that are looking to transform, it's hydration sets the foundation for that. Because if I can get you drinking more water, chances are you're not going to be as hungry. You're going to have more energy and more mental clarity. And so that we're already winning half the battle right there. And so that's, this is hydration is typically one of the first promises I have people make because it's also, it's a lot easier than tracking your food. And for a lot of people, it's easier than exercise. It's like, just set your foundation with water. It's a beautiful place to start. So the first thing I always recommend is get a reliable water bottle, something that you really, that you enjoy, get the, get the gear, right? They're not terribly expensive. Get a Stanley, get a hydro yeah. flask, whatever your, whatever your thing is. This is like some knockoff brand called uh who knows? I, I got a great one on Amazon that I carried around for almost a year, and it was amazing. And it, it, it's, it was similar to one of these for like 15 bucks. So anyway, get yourself a really good water bottle. Um, and then, because if you have a good water bottle and you're carrying it around all the time, it's just that constant remen- the reminder to keep drinking. Another thing is, look, if, if you don't like the taste of water, which it's totally okay if you don't. Put some I'm, boost in it. Put yeah, some hydration yeah, flavor in it. it. You go to the grocery store, there's a whole section for water flavorings, for low and no calorie flavorings. And granted, some of them might have some colorings or some artificial sweeteners in there. And if that's not your thing, then they've also have plenty that have natural sweeteners. And, you know, you can get some lemon and lemon packets and lime packets and orange packets, you know, with like some, some citric acid to make it, you know, to, to, to give it a real punch. So flavor your water. Or you can even do fruit infusions, which are amazing. On top of that, though, fluid in our food counts as well toward your hydration. And a lot of times people didn't think it counted. So even coffee, coffee, tea, you eat a lot of watermelon or cantaloupe, or a lot of, you know, fruits and vegetables, they've got a lot of water. So those, those actually count toward your hydration as well. And then here's a little rule that I always love, love to give people. It's a 10 gulp rule. So when you're drinking fluids. <laughs> You've told me this before. Yes. I've actually passed this along. Dude, the moment that bottle touches your, your lips, 10 gulps before you put it down. And for, because I know a lot of people, especially early on when they're drinking more water, it can sometimes feel a little bit uncomfortable because they're not used to it. And so it takes a little bit of time, and then over, over time, your body starts drink, you as you start to drink more, you'll notice that you start to urinate a little bit more, but that's a good thing. Constantly keep watching your urine. You're always looking for the, the hey, color. you never know when you're going to get thirsty. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Capture a little bit of it in your water bottle. Um, <laughs> drink more water, have yeah. more pee. Make sure that your urine is always somewhat clear, slightly yellow color, but mm. it's not going to get dark yellow or orange or anything like that. That's going to mean that you're severely hy- hydrated. Dehydrated, or, yeah. Did I say severely hydrated? You did. I, I meant severely I exactly dehydrated. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's just tiny little things that we can do that can significantly impact the quality of our lives. And of course, if you are going to start exercising, rule of thumb there is about eight ounces every 15 minutes okay. for, uh, for water replenishment. There you go. Good stuff, man. All right, guys. And let me just end with this. Uh, in my healing journey, one of the things that I learned was that agitation is one of the biggest side effects of being thirsty. Oh, interesting. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Being yeah. thirsty and being angry, they, they really like each other. 
I should have told my ex-wife that a while ago. <laughs> she must have been very dehydrated all the time. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She would say the same thing about she you. She would definitely say the same God, thing about you. God, so me. dehydrated. <laughs> That'd be good, right? For, for, for couples who are pissed off at each other today and be like, yes. honey, can you just drink some water? Right, exactly. <laughs> I love it's it, not man. me, it's you. You're dehydrated. What an incredible <laughs> cast today. I needed that. Man, I did too. That was awesome. So much good stuff to learn. Coming up, we've got some amazing guests on the uh, I Needed That podcast. Next week, we're going to have this conversation about jobs that won't be there much longer. Start to think about all of these things that people do now that we won't need in 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, man. And with chat GPT and this, all this, this AI revolution, Don't holy smokes. started. <laughs> Well, don't forget to follow us on the I Needed That podcast uh, Instagram handle. I wanted to give Jamie's really quick just because, boy, did he he, he deserves uh, a little bit of a, of a nod there, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he is at Dr. J Rutland on Instagram is where you can find him. Spelled R-U-T-L-A-N-D. And if you don't follow him already, please do, especially if your pulmonary health, your lung health is important to you, man. This guy is a clearly... A wealth of information. He changed my day. Yeah. I oh, can yeah. tell you that. He changed my day. Oh, 100%, man. I, I, I already, I'm, I'm forward thinking about different things I can do to improve my lung health already. So Good this stuff. is great. Thanks for joining us this week, guys. We'll Thanks. see you next time.